You're listening to episode 18 of the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast. I'm Jason Tucker, and I've settled over a billion dollars in copyright claims for the world's largest studios. Over the last 15 years as the expert pirate hunter, IP problem solver, and enforcer, I have helped shape copyright law, the processes, and the landscape that exists today. So how do you keep your IP organized, protect it from pirates, and make even more money off of your content? With real-life insight and stories from the trenches, this is the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast. Deepfakes and revenge porn. What can you do and where do copyrights collide? In this episode, you'll learn about deepfake videos and the scary global ramifications of the technology. You can learn what to do if you're a victim of revenge porn and then how the copyright owner has control over the distribution. This episode has a step-by-step guide to help you deal with revenge content and you'll learn how to identify the source and ways to get the content removed while really taking control back. So deepfakes, deepfake porn, and revenge porn are all buzzwords to describe photos or video, typically where someone's head is superimposed onto the body of another. And the uses are infinite, and the uses in a propaganda campaign can be devastating. So deepfake use We're starting to see the uses to attack politicians and as a form of what is called deep fake porn or revenge porn. So that being if a jilted lover doesn't have an original uh, video shot with you in it, they can create videos or photos using deep fake software. Here's a pro tip for you. Personal porn is dangerous. If I sound winded, again, forgive me, I'm still recovering from my back injury. I just had another epidural uh, filled with steroids yesterday. So I'm I'm on the road to recovery. So if you could join me, actually see me walking without any issues. But if, if I sound like I'm having to find words, please forgive me. So on a personal note, that was a personal note. On another personal note, I don't think revenge porn is a great term because I don't think it properly articulates what's taking place. And it's as it's been shared by others, it implies that the victim did something to justify being victimized. Um, I like the term cyber rape. Uh, Not that we should even have to use such a word, but if you're going to use something, I prefer that because that's what's taking place. And if that term emotes a shocking response, good because it should. It's horrific. And when this occurs, it destroys people, lives, families, And even if and when the content comes down, it leaves a lifelong scar and fear in the victim. Fear that someone may have seen the content or fear that it could come back. Now, not to add salt to a wound, but I believe that it is rare that something is ever truly removed from the internet. If a piece of content is up for more than an hour, someone has a copy of the content somewhere. Now, it may never see the light of day, but it's sitting on someone's hard drive, even if that's just in a data center in a faraway land. So deep fakes are on the rise. Specific to video, the technology has improved significantly in just the last few years. The ease of use and the ease of access to that technology should be alarming to potential targets. In my opinion, deep fakes present a clear and present danger to society, period. Governments and legislators are not doing nearly enough to deal with the issue head on. And like most tech-based situations, they don't fully understand the technology enough to realize the size and scope and again, clear and present danger that it presents. This can be used to topple governments, leaders, destroy people, their reputations and their psyche. Now in the US, there's been some legislation 
California was an early adopter of revenge porn law. And like any form of copyright infringement, because that's really kind of what this is too, laws will only get people so far. And if you leave it up to the law, you're going to be in a slow game. Now, I'll get to that problem with, with slow and what you can do in a little bit. Deep fakes and revenge porn are not new. Since the launch of Photoshop and before that, anyone with an exacto knife, glue, markers, and patience could create and release a photo that looked like the intended target doing something that could embarrass that person or people. The Central Intelligence Agency has been using that technique for more than half a century. So before video and image fakes as they are today, there were radio fakes. Orson Welles famously delivered The War of the Worlds as a radio show. And if you listen to it, and this was your only form of real-time news, you would be freaking out. At the time that it went live, people freaked out. Uh, rumor has it that people committed suicide, thinking that aliens had landed and were attacking cities. Some people were packing and getting their families on the road to escape incoming alien attacks. After it was over, it was huge news and front page the next day all over the U.S. And, and if you get a chance, listen to the recording. For its time, it was powerful. There's a link to it in the show notes, the full version. If you listen to Wells's recording and then imagine what would happen if you saw a video today of a person you know committing murder or robbing a store or a politician in a compromising situation, your brain would automatically go to, this is real. Because you are not pre-programmed to go, is this fake? Think about that. People could go to jail because of this technology. This technology is so powerful that you could start a civil war in another part of the world or affect the stock market from your living room. Earlier this year, a video was released of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi speaking in an event. The video was slowed down by a person and distributed with text that basically said she was drunk. Now, the slowing makes it appear that she was slurring her words. That video took off. And now you can find way too many people who are positioned with the belief that Pelosi was drunk. And that makes people ask, where else is she drunk and making decisions? So this is Nancy Pelosi, former ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee and Speaker of the United States House of Representatives, who can't get this video removed. Main reason? Nancy Pelosi doesn't own the video. So a person connected to her reached out when this released and it was released and asked if there was anything that could be done. And I suggested simply that she buy the video and send takedown notices to everywhere and anywhere that it showed up. Now, based on results, that didn't occur and, and, and nobody called me back. So there it is. But it's just amazing how improved the face swapping deep fake technology is in comparison to just 24 months ago. Now, I'm not going to share all the drivers or turn this into a how-to, but like Open Face Swap and a few others are just unbelievably impressive. You can replace a face on a video to a degree that the human eye cannot tell the difference. I've seen more than one where we've had to use forensic software to analyze pixels, not to prove that it was fake, but rather to show where the victim's face ended and the copyright protected video began. Vice, like many of their pieces, has been doing a great job at publishing informative and easy to digest stories on deep fakes and deep fake porn. And again, there's a link in the show notes to, to Vice's deep fake coverage. It's worth watching their videos and, and reading up on what they've got. It's, it's phenomenal. It's really, again, it's really easy to just take in. Ah, the first, what was the first? The first deep fake video. My God, that's a tongue twister. A celebrity video I saw was about like 16-ish years ago now, and it was of O.J. Simpson, of all people, with two girls in a Florida hotel room. 
Now, the girls were prepared to state that he was doing drugs with them and that they engaged in all sorts of things. The room had been pre-wired with cameras and the girls were paid to seduce him. What they didn't get was a clear shot of Simpson in bed going at it with the two women. For this, it was obvious that his head was superimposed. O.J. Simpson has a huge head that when you see it on his body, doesn't match to begin with. And it was obvious what this guy that was sitting in front of me did. They took another guy and had him with the girls. They took some pictures of OJ's head and edited those onto the guy's face. And when he turned and conveniently looked toward the camera, there it was. There was no flow. Anytime he looked at the camera, they had frozen the shot and boom, there was OJ's face. And the cutback was like a smash or a purposely designed look of a glitch in a cheap attempt to match the scene. It was pathetic. The person showing it to me on a DVD in a hotel restaurant in Santa Monica made it clear that uh, he did this to blackmail OJ uh, and OJ wasn't liquid at the time and hadn't come up to his price. So this, I can only call him a wannabe mobster, asked if I could help release it for sale. The guy was able to produce two signed releases from models and he pulled out what was clearly a cut and paste job on a model release from OJ Simpson. You could see the tape marks above and below the signature on the copy he showed me. And uh, me being me, I asked for copies of the, I asked for the originals and then the source video. And I told this guy, the reason was, is I wanted to have our people cut a better version and that we needed originals to get better copies. Long story short, the guy went nuts and he started getting aggravated. And then he was raising his voice and yelling and making demands, insane demands. And my partner and I just got up and left. And as we were walking to our car, the guy that set up the meeting was apologizing to me over and over. And look, not his fault that some scumbag from Florida lost it when I asked him to give me the one set of items he knew that he couldn't give me. And this is why the guy popped. I boxed him in. So to be clear, I had no intention of helping this guy. Now that video eventually made its way onto the internet and it's still out there to this day, all being not with the splash that this producer hoped for. I share this because again, this is not a new technology. It's just gotten a hell of a lot better. So all of that being said, here's the bottom line. You may own the name and likeness of your person, but more than likely you won't own the videos or images used to make the deep fake. So if you're unfortunately a victim of revenge porn, here it is. What you should know about deep fake porn and what can you do about removing a deep fake porn video, meaning revenge porn video. So we're going to break that out. We'll start with, and again, I'm lumping together deep fake porn or revenge porn, or again, what I call cyber rape. Uh, whether it's a celebrity or not, the content source has to come from somewhere. Most people do not have a video collection of typically unknown people engaged in sex acts, right? So people who typically create these types of videos will go for lowest hanging fruit, that being content found on adult tube sites or in adult site members areas or from a recorded live cam show. So here's the thing about that. That content is owned by someone. That produced content is typically owned by a studio and most studios register their copyrights. It means you can find them and, and, and reach out to them. If you find your face superimposed onto a well-produced adult scene, there's realistically a 70% or higher chance that the owner of the video source is a client of ours. Uh, now, I'm not sharing that for puffery, but rather so you understand that I know what this looks like and I know what I'm talking about. And there's a chance that we could be a resource if you find yourself in this position. 
So if you find yourself in this position, in most instances, you cannot send a DMCA takedown notice to have content removed. You're not the owner of the content. The owner of the source video can send a DMCA takedown notice in an attempt to have it removed. Without a court order, the owner of the video is really the only person with power here. The owner of the copyright controls where the content can be displayed. So like it or not, that's reality. And to the best of my knowledge, that's the law. So hear me though. If you're in this position, I want you to know that there are things you can do to help your situation. Now, it may not be perfect, but you can mitigate this problem in time. So what I'm about to explain, in my opinion, is the best use of your time right now. For starters, don't engage the other person. Just get what I'm about to share with you done. If this were me, my point A, my first step would be to document the incident. Now, in most circumstances, you can worry about all the evidence regarding who did it after you have documented the video. All of those text messages or emails that you may have aren't usually going anywhere. If you're worried that could happen because maybe the phone is not in your name, just quickly screenshot the text messages and email them to yourself. What I'd like you to really do is focus on the video where you're featured. Use some software like Loom or Movavi to record the screen showing the video. I would not blow the video full screen because the items around that video, like the ads and the links, are important to document. I see people focus on the full screen and they miss what I call the good stuff. So I would uh, start your recording at the website time.gov so that you have a time and a date stamp for your video and then go to the page with the video you want to record. Step three, after you've recorded the screen showing the video, obviously save that, PDF the page, and then view the source code of that page and PDF that source code. That source code is going to be filled with good nuggets for your case. If you don't know how to get source code, there's a link to show you how to do it in the show notes. It's under number four, how to view source code on a web page. If you feel that you need to go back and record the full screen, go for it, go do it. Start again at time.gov, record the full screen. Organize and PDF any emails or text messages now that you have that could show proof of who did it or if it contains any admissions of guilt by another person. Now, with all of that organized, I would contact an attorney. You're now in a position to present everything in a clean manner to an attorney who can now begin to advise you and work your case. My top choices for these types of cases are uh, Brooklyn attorney Kerry Goldberg, who wrote a book called Nobody's Victim, Fighting Psychos, Stalkers, Pervs, and Trolls. And she can be followed on Twitter at C.A. Goldberg Law. The other one is L.A.-based, depending obviously on which coast or who you want to work with, is L.A.-based Lisa Bloom from the Bloom Firm. Lisa Bloom is on Twitter at at Lisa Bloom. She is amazing. They're both amazing. If those two powerhouses don't work for you, reach out to whoever you think may work for you. At some point, I imagine you should file a police report. When you do, you're going to want to get a report number and eventually a copy of the police report. Now, all of these documents, videos, screenshots, etc., should be kept together in one folder. And I would highly recommend that you store a copy on something like Google Drive or Dropbox and share only the viewing rights with a family member you trust with your life. Not read or write permissions or administrative access, just read rights because you don't want whoever you share it with to have the ability to delete or edit any of that evidence. 
Another benefit to having it on a virtual storage device is that you can also share it with your attorney with ease. And let's face it, it's, it's somewhere else outside of your world, which is, is never a bad thing. All right, so part B, finding the owner of the video. So sending emails to the locations where the video is displayed is really a waste of your time. We use different techniques, but we also have custom software and a large client content database we can access to identify video. I think I may have two ways that may help you here. And this is what I would do if I was in your situation. Step one, I would watch the video, open the video, and I would make JPEG screenshots of two shots at the beginning, in the middle, and towards the end of that video. And I would black out the face or distort it a bit. And again, in the show notes, they're under number one of this section. It says how to make screenshots if you need to know how to do that. Uh, I would then go to Google Image Search and upload the images one at a time and do searches to see if anything comes up. And if it does, copy some links or go fish on those and and see if you can match it. Chances are you're gonna find a website with this video or a similar video. Now in the adult business, similar is good. In the adult business, content is typically shot by niche for a particular membership site. So in many instances, the beginning of the video could be set up the same. If you find a similar match, you may, or, or what looks like an exact match, you may need to watch the videos side by side to see if it matches your video. I would initially focus on the background. I wouldn't initially focus in on the model. The background's important. The headboard or a desk or a tree or whatever. The background may give you more ability to match than the fast action in the foreground. Uh, you can use the models for matching, but it could be quicker to start with the background. Go with what works for you. Now, once you find a match on the match, there should be what's called 2257 information at the beginning or the end of the video, depending on how it was cut. That slide should show you a company name and their address and maybe a website address. If you don't see 2257 information, you may see a watermark displaying a website address. If that's the case, go to the website address and scroll to the bottom of the page and click on the 2257 link or the terms of service. This will get you to a page with contact information like an email address. If you only found a company name, you can Google it and find one of their sites and follow the same steps to get contact information. If it were me, I would send them or have my attorney send a simple email. Simple. I can't stress that enough. Explaining that I was a victim of a deep fake that used their video. Not the whole story. Just that I was a victim of a deep fake revenge porn video that used this video of theirs and identify which one that was. I would include the link or the links to those videos that involve you and ask them to send that site or a list of sites, DMCA takedown notices to get that content down. I would also let them know that I have an attorney and file the police report and intend to proceed with a civil action against the person who made the deep fake. I would include the police department contact in the report number. And if I had it, I would include a copy of the police report. I would thank the company for their assistance in this matter and provide contact information if they have any questions. Here's the deal. They own the content. You want to get them on your side and enroll them into helping you get this taken down. Being nice is, is a good way to do that. The creator of the original video, not the video where you're exploited, but the original video is your friend in this deal. If you overwhelm or attack them, they're not going to want to help you. Who wants to assist someone who's yelling or attacking them? 
they did not make the video with your face. This may seem simple, but emotions can get the best. And when we can't reach the person who did us wrong, we tend to take things out on the people we can contact. I have had to remind a few who I've assisted in solving some of these matters that I was not the one who did it. I have to say, hey, I'm with you on this. Stop attacking me if you want support. It's natural to run hot in these instances, but it's important to stay focused on who is on your team and not take it out on them. A great tool I have uh, and I recommend is to take your phone and record everything you would want to say to whoever did this. And every time you feel like texting or calling them or whatevering them, emailing them, record it instead and then delete that another day. Don't send it to anyone or file it away to use in your book because going head to head with the person who did it without an attorney or court as a third party will not work out well for you. Now, I am by no means attempting to minimize anyone's feelings or the gravity of the situation. Uh, It's traumatic, it's disgusting, it's wrong. But there's a time and a place and a way to get it out effectively. You don't want to wing the person who did this. You want to use the legal system and tools to smack them. This takes a chess-like approach. Now, if you're unable to find the source video after you've followed the steps I laid out, we have a Facebook group called Intellectual Property HQ Community. Join it and ask for support. I will see your message, and if I can, I will find the source with you. And if I can, I will assist you in navigating the waters. If none of that works, I would go to a well-known adult fan chat board, post the screenshots, and offer $100 PayPal to whoever can tell you where the video's from. You would be amazed at how fast crowdsourcing your problems will get you solutions. You can offer the winner an extra 50 bucks or write and rights to claim winner on the thread if they tell you five to 10 places where the video shows up and what studio produced it. They'll figure it out. Trust me. As we wrap up this episode, I want to leave you with the following. First, everything that I just said is on IPHQS.com, intellectual property HQ.com under the blog section. So all the steps are right there. As time goes on and technology improves, especially this year, as we're, we're in an election cycle, question any video that purportedly goes out of its way to destroy a candidate. If it's not from a legitimate news outlet, really question it. A video on YouTube may not be what you think it is. Do your homework. If for no other reason, you might as well start now getting in the habit of programming your brain to ask Is this real? Could someone be trying to influence me by showing me a video of something that clearly is going to change my mind about another person? If you are the victim of a fake video, celebrity, not celebrity, politician, whomever, the detailed steps I laid out will support you in getting a handle on a crisis that can run out of control. I understand how time plays into situations. For over 20 years, part of my business has been crisis management. We regularly work with known people and when needed law enforcement agencies and lawyers to squash problems or come up with solutions to situations that require a timely response. I like handling these situations quietly, leaving the least number of fingerprints. This is partly how I got the nickname, The Wolf. These steps can be done within a day or two It may take longer to reach out to some of the people I listed and get them into action mode, but knowing, just, just know that taking steps on any step, any, anything is good. And by taking that step, you're gaining control. 
I hope this information helps you better understand what is in front of us as a society and what you can do if you've been a victim. I'm more than happy to answer questions inside the free Facebook group at Intellectual Property HQ Community. If this podcast episode was informative or helpful to you in your endeavors, please, please, please share it with your friends. Post it so together we can help others. And please take a moment if you feel and would be so kind to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Happy hunting. Jason Tucker is not an attorney. All of the information shared on this free podcast is his opinion and not legal advice. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. See you next time.